Welcome back to The Human Exception. This week, we continue our show and tell. Nathan tells us a bit about the games he's playing and what anime he's watching. And Holly tells us about two very strange books that she read. Expect foul language, but with Holly's, the books she read are horror books and there are brief mentions of murder and cannibalism, as you do. Let's get ready for another Human Exception. Nathan. Rock, paper, scissors. Go for it, Nathan. All right. <laughs> so, um, I have been sort of like obsessing over this anime recently uh, that I've been watching. And actually, when Courtney was visiting the other weekend, I was watching an episode of it. Uh, it was called Record of Ragnarok. Um, oh, yeah. So the whole premise of this, uh, and and obviously like um, they take some liberties with uh, their characterization of um, of the people that they represent in it, but the whole uh, the whole premise of this show uh, or the origin or the manga um, was that. Every thousand years, all of the gods get together and they basically vote on whether or not um, they are going to destroy mankind. And in the first episode, mankind has been around for seven million years. And... You have all of these gods. You have Zeus. You have Odin. Uh, like Ares, Loki, Buddha. All of these gods that you probably wouldn't think would like cross over, um, but are all part of this council and voting whether or not humanity should be destroyed. And. So, for the first time in seven million years, everyone votes to destroy humanity. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, seven million years worth of history, and it's all real shitty looking. Um, <laughs> so, enter uh, Brunhilda, the leader of the Valkyries. Um, and she says, oh, by the way, uh, you guys set up this rule. It's kind of like a subtext rule that nobody really follows, but it's there. So, um, if we want, we should give the humans the opportunity to prove themselves, fight back uh so it ends up being like ragnarok 
is actually a tournament between humans and the gods. And so the gods choose 13 fighters and Brunhilda and the rest of the Valkyries choose 13 human fighters over the 7 million years of history. Oh, shit. Uh, so they bring in people like uh, Lubu, who was a uh, a warlord um, in, like, Imperial China. Um, fucking Adam. Like, Adam and Eve, Adam. <laughs> the fight. Uh, or the weirdest one for me so far was Jack the Ripper. Well, um, yeah, this like we had a whole conversation about that because I was like, "Excuse me, is Jack the Ripper in that show?" And Nathan's like, "Yeah." What the fuck? Um, so, <laughs> so the and it, it, it's interesting to me because there was there's a lot of like really weird. Um, they they obviously take some liberties with the history, um, and but they also sort of like take interesting spins on these characters like Adam you know in the Bible Adam was described as uh, having been made in God's image and so he has this fight against Zeus and uh, obviously spoilers because I mean I know you guys aren't going to watch it but anyone else <laughs> who's listening um <clears throat> Uh, he has this sort of like innate ability called divine reflection where anything that the god that he is fighting against in front of, he can mimic. And so for the majority of this fight, all he does is use this power to like force his brain and his body to mimic these godlike moves and just kick the shit out of Zeus for most of the battle. <laughs> um and then they kind of brought in uh I think it's, so far they've only done six battles. So it's it's about halfway uh halfway through the manga. Um they brought in Buddha and Buddha was like, actually, I do what I want, and I'm going to fight for the humans, because that's just how I do. Uh, and in their backstory, they're like, well, Buddha ascended to godhood, and there was uh, his whole thing was, I just really liked hanging out with with the humans, and, you know, like... I really just wanted to teach them how they could be happy and, you know, live with their suffering. Basically, that's how you gain enlightenment. Um, and like when he's fighting, Jesus is in the <laughs> is in the stands, like cheering for him. Um, wow. Yeah. This the the whole thing is. It's actually surprisingly not focused 100% around the, like the battles they do a lot of like in depth on each character whether it's the god side or whether it's the human side and they do it for every single battle um 
And I think one of the really interesting things was, uh, and I, and I really wasn't sure how to take it for, for a while. I was thinking about it and Kayla and I had this discussion, but they obviously use Jack the Ripper and even like up until I think like six months ago, they were like, they just didn't know who Jack the Ripper was. And even it's still kind of speculation, but they sort of maybe have a lead. Um, so the whole thing with him was obviously made up, um, but they pitted him against Hercules and they created sort of this background of, you know, Jack the Ripper was this kid whose mom was also a prostitute and only kept him around because she thought that she would have a good life with his father once he like made it big and uh um as like an actor and that didn't work out so he ended up murdering his mom and his and his dad uh and then becoming this like super fucked up guy obviously um <laughs> and i think i think it's really interesting that like in general um they try to keep really close except for in this case to the history of the characters so when you think about um uh kojiro sasaki he was a samurai who in uh whose final battle was against um uh miyamoto musashi so uh, musashi himself is is well known um, in history, but Sasaki, uh, they refer to him as like history's biggest loser. Um, and in his whole, his whole backstory is he, he always, he would always train and always train and always train, but he would only ever fight someone once. And if he knew he was going to lose, he would surrender. And then he would train and train and train until he felt like he was at the point where he would win against them. And then he just wouldn't fight them again because he's like, well, I already know I can beat you. Um, and that was his whole, like, that was his whole backstory. Um, although in, in actual history, uh, he lost a lot of, uh, a lot of fights, but he was always able to bring those losses with him and strengthen his technique as a samurai going forward until he finally lost and was killed by Musashi. Um, so all of that said, it has been super interesting as an anime to watch because they, they kind of mix a little bit of like hyperbole in with, um, uh, with like actual facts. Um, and very rarely give the the whole um very rarely just throw the the full history out uh even when it comes to like the different gods that they use uh like thor or shiva um mm -hmm. and and so it's been really fun to like just see the whole like all of these different sort of pantheons together um even 
when they're referring to like heaven and earth and hell uh the idea is like oh well heaven is actually asgard but it's also heaven it's just where all of the gods live um earth is also midgard and hell is like helheim and hades and etc um but like all of those gods live there as well and that's sort of like a shared realm kind of thing um so in this world it's just like you know more there's three realms but what people believe is just um it's just sort of slightly off um, yeah so it's been it's been a lot of fun um and i don't really want to like yeah i think i think that's kind of where i'm gonna end it for record of ragnarok because there's so much more and i could keep going um and there's probably like a lot of um just there's a lot of things like piece by piece that i could just pull out of the show in general and dig into as a topic all on its own so i think i'm gonna do that it's really cool mm -hmm. uh, i still find thing... it sus as hell that they use jack the ripper but <laughs> well that, and i think yeah that's wild i, I... <laughs> They, they did a really good job of having humanity be like, what the fuck? Like, why are we letting this guy represent us? Mm -hmm. Like, we are for sure not cheering for our own person. We're cheering for Hercules because that guy was fucking dope and he loved humanity. Um, and like, so there was this moment where in the battle everyone in the stadium was obviously like on the god side because why would you cheer for this fucked up human being um and i think there was they did a good job in sort of stating that like yeah you probably don't want to cheer for this guy but the valkyries are warriors and all they give a shit about right now is winning so the humans will live so this is like a this is just a move right it's a either a chess piece you don't it's have not to a like moral it. judgment yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah there's no morality here it is we're gonna fucking kill this god so humans can survive yeah yeah um yeah uh the other thing I started playing like Ghost of Tsushima. Um, oh, how is that? Yes, it is so good. Uh, it's so pretty. Um, and I was trying to figure out like the again the whole the whole history piece of it. Um, so obviously, the game, the story itself is a work of fiction. But the general like happenings are, um, it, it's still sort of based off of like a uh, some true events. Um, so when like the Mongol army invaded Japan in uh, in the twelve hundreds, they stopped at Tsushima Island, um, and like decimated the island 
Hmm. Um, and then they did that before moving on to the rest of Japan. Um, but what I found interesting was that they they just completely took over, decimated the island, and moved on. But then later on, a hurricane blew through and just in turn decimated their forces. Um, so taking that into account, the developers designed this story, um, replaced the Mongol leader with their own fictional leader, and then personified the um, the hurricane into this samurai who is trying to save his people and trying to save the island. Um, oh, wow. And then what they did was to sort of give extra credence to the fact that the samurai is supposed to represent um, this hurricane that's blowing through and um, getting rid of these Mongols. Uh, they even engraved on the sword um, in-game. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Uh, they, yeah, engraved, um, like the, the designing, uh, comp basically the, the storm winds is what they, uh, engraved on, on the sword. Um, just to sort of have that representation of, the uh, of the hurricane. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, but basically the story is of this. Um, of this young man who goes to fight uh, the Mongol army. His uncle is kidnapped. He manages to survive, and he starts rallying the island to rise up and fight against the Mongols. And he sort of in turn embodying that like hurricane of destruction to drive out the the Mongol force, uh, and the game is the game is so pretty. You could just like spend so much time uh, running around and looking at everything, um, petting the foxes after you find their shrines. Because <gasps> I mean, you can pet the foxes. So yes, um, yeah, I I really enjoy it, and there's a lot of like really well done interactions between your character and these people who are obviously just having his shitty time because they're being invaded and you're there to help them out and you know sort of helping at least a little bit to sort of set their lives a little more straight than than what they've been dealing with in the past like couple weeks mm -hmm. um uh, and there's like this intense um, attention to detail when it comes to the armor and um, when you run into a group of like uh, this group called the Straw Hat Ronins, which ends up being like a uh, their leader ends up being an old friend of your of the main character, um, just 
the detail and the clothes that they wear and, um, you know, like the work that they do and the architecture and everything. It is, it's really neat. You could just spend time. Actually, you know what? I kind of wish that they would have done something similar to Assassin's Creed where they just let you get on your horse and they yeah. run through and tell you, uh, you know, about these places that they, that they built up and, um, you know, what some of these, you know, uh, lighthouses were and, you know, what did they use these for and what about the architecture and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, unfortunately it is only on PS5, so now that I've totally hyped it up for you, Hallie, you probably can't play it, but. Uh... <laughs> That'd be why I should just have to buy a PS5. <laughs> well, we have one. I just, oh. I'm not very good at playing it. I don't know. I don't know. Practice makes perfect. Anyways. I mean, at the very least, you could just make Jeremy play it. And I could make Jeremy play it. Honestly, him. he probably would enjoy playing that, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Like, he probably would get a kick out of that. So I should recommend that because he was asking me about Baldur's Gate. And I was like, yeah, not quite. But also, is that the kind of. Because I don't think he would enjoy it on the PlayStation. What do I know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'll be I'll see him playing something I'm like oh I didn't think you like those kinds of games he's like yeah but I kind of like it on here okay go go for it man I don't know all you have to tell him is he can fuck a bear and maybe that'll get him into oh playing gosh, it on the PlayStation <laughs> I've been randomly texting him as I've been playing Baldur's Gate and yesterday Gail wanted all up in Eggs' shit so I texted him that I was like Gail wants all up in Eggs' robes and then texted him an eggplant emoji. He came upstairs with this look on his face. It was pretty great. <laughs> he was like, what kind of sentence was that? And I said, you know exactly what's happening in that sentence. Just someone, out of someone context, it would be... Eggplant in yeah, Eggs' robes. It would robes. be real weird. <laughs> eggplant in oh, the man. <laughs> The only thing I don't like about Baldur's Gate 3 is um, how it's making me examine... Uh, my relationship with men. Don't like that. I don't like it. Oh, because, like, you just see, like, I have, a, I, I very clearly have a, a type or two, and one of them is not healthy. Same. <laughs> Same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a difference yeah. between fantasy and reality, Courtney. Yep. Yep. Um, That's the... Except for when, when fantasy definitely reflects reality. And you go, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> this explains some things. Oh no. Emotionally distant, attractive man who says nice things to me occasionally to draw me back in. Oh no. And then suck it yeah. up. Maybe. <laughs> that one's fine. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Very sweet golden retriever man who says sweet things to me and the quote Shakespeare might have another type. <laughs> yeah. And then there's my husband who just likes tall, strong women who make him feel safe. I don't know why he's with me. I'm not know, tall. You're pretty, big, you're pretty big badass. Like I was going to say, I, you don't have to do with game. that. I am short. Uh, yeah. but I talk a big game. 
Make I am no Carlac. I am no Carlac. <laughs> you say uh, you that. Have, like you have big Carlac energy. Let's be real. Big Carlac energy. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but also would take Carlac just in general, so it's fine. Yeah, hundred oh, percent. Yeah. All right, well, uh, Hallie. Speaking of Baldur's Gate, no, uh, <laughs> I am enjoying it. I started over because I realized I fucked up. Um, <laughs> that bad, huh? I had to go it back was to bad. The oh, I, yep, and I just rolled with it because I thought it was a scripted thing. Nope. Oh. Nope. Turns out. You can change things. Oh no! And I was like, oh shit! Oh no! Our choices have consequences. Yeah, I thought it was I'm one of those things, like it. in like in Dragon Age, where some things you just kind of can't prevent. I always think about oh. in the first game when you're in what is it after you go to get what's her face out of prison out of out of can't think of it. Oh, help me out here! Out of prison. Kayla. Are you talking about? Are you talking about the the hand quest where you go join the thieves guild or the assassins no, guild and like no. it doesn't matter who you kill? No, this is in prison. the first Dragon Age where you go to get not a Nora. Oh, Dragon Age. Thanks, oh, uh, you go to rescue Nora from the... yeah. You go to rescue her and then you come out and then that lady who hits you real hard. Yeah, Catherine. Yeah. Hits you real hard, and then you go to prison. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have beaten that fight exactly once by the skin of my teeth. I've done it once. You've done um, it once. The best part was the one time I went to prison, and I sent Morrigan and Liliana to rescue me. The best. Oh my it was gosh! Fucking hilarious. It's, it, yeah, it was one of those situations in Baldur's Gate where I thought, oh, you technically can beat it, but it's really supposed to happen this way nope so the fun part for us is gonna be is we're gonna be doing couch co-op <laughs> so i don't know how like the big decisions are gonna go down that's gonna be interesting because you know nathan killed iron bull's team all right <laughs> i would nathan. not have made that decision i've what never made fuck? that decision i don't feel bad <laughs> you i should. don't feel bad you should well, I, kind of feel bad. I feel for slightly the... bad for the narrative but. experience, I get it. There are certain choices that I will probably make as the Dark Urge in Baldur's Gate where I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You're just thinking, is, I don't know how like big choices are going to be handled. If, yeah. Like, with couch co-op? I know. With a couch co-op. I have no idea. Report back. So. Yeah, well, is, you know, it's probably going to be chaos. Do <laughs> I completely screw up my relationship with... Uh, Carlac, if she's there, and I accept the foursome with the twins. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. There's that. Twins? I haven't met <laughs> yep. twins yet. Yeah, twins. Twins are in Act Three. Um. Oh. Oh. So. So wait. Hold on, because I can't. Damn it. I so want to ask about this thing that happened, but it'll spoil it. But don't ask. Okay, don't ask. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Wait, let me let me put it this way, Nathan. When you, if it happens, I will hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> when you fuck sure. the bear, we will know. 
I had an opportunity to fuck the bear, and I said, no, Halson, why don't I just climb you like a tree? I'm not interested in your bear form right now. (laughs) That's how I feel. But that was after I was already in a relationship with Asterian, because Asterian doesn't care if you go fuck other people. He doesn't. He does not. (laughs) Gotcha. Courtney's like, oh, go on. Oh, oh, not, my plans have changed. This again sounds like a, a relationship I've had before. <laughs> no. I I will say Astarian's entire storyline that I have played all the way through is worth every moment as long as you don't make a very particular choice, which I don't think any of us would make, where you're just like, well, yeah, fucking doll, I'm not going to do that. Um, Nathan killed the Chargers, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find if you're in a out. romance with Asterian, it is it is a very satisfying conclusion, in my opinion. The path that my my monk, my human monk, took. Um, that are the article that we'll put in the notes that I'll, I'll have for you, Kayla. The uh, where Asterian's voice actor was talking about voicing the role and how it it helped him a lot he was a survivor of trauma as well like it it was a really good read yeah he seems like a really good dude and i have enjoyed like learning a little bit more about some of the voice actors in this game in particular because honestly like after being such a hardcore dragon age and mass effect fan for so fucking long and i've gotten bits and pieces and crumbs of good rpgs but not good enough this one was like oh hold on let me pick up the drool off my face and let me mm-hmm. just like <laughs> but no my job but time we have floor. gamescom tomorrow yeah yeah it's been oh, it's yeah, been a long so. time coming There's there hope. y'all there's hope so anyways <laughs> that's it, it, everyone is playing it and i'm glad that everyone is playing it and maybe it leads more people to like want to go play D or want to play more types of games like these because obviously these other studios are going to see the success and be like oh shit maybe we shouldn't make call of duty 51 i'm a dumbass like Ugh. you can go go make other games it's yeah. okay Safe. People actually Game like fantasy RPGs. People Who fucking like know? games with with it, story and substance to them. Mm-hmm. We also like Stardew Valley clones. <laughs> Farm Sims and RPGs. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It it doesn't all have to. There there's room. It, there's always been this belief. I feel like in in gaming in particular, as someone who's gamed like her entire life that certain types of games are more feminine or whatever the fuck, right? Like, they're not, like, cool because they have a story to them. Listen, listen, listen. Larian has sold almost 3 million units of this game, and it's been out for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you want to talk about open beta? No, no. That's just on the PC. Yeah. So... Some of these studios need to get their shit together because I'm getting pissed off at seeing the exact same game be replicated over and over and over again. And then they do the other thing that makes gamers mad, which is microtransactions. Dude, fuck microtransactions. Fucking microtransactions and, like, paywalls. Yep. Subscriptions. I hate subscriptions. Super expensive DLC, like... 
I trust that Larian is going to do what they did also, or something in the lines of what they did for Divinity Original Sin 2, which was they saw the mods that were really popular that were like good quality of life mods, and they went and they paid those modders. And they said, okay, give us your mods. We will pay you for them. We will compensate you for your hard work. And then we're going to give them to everybody who owns That's a copy amazing. of this game for free. And it was the best fucking thing that they could have done. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And that made a lot of people really like Larian. And then, so when I found out they were going to be doing this game, I was like, fuck yes. Somebody who's actually maybe going to pay attention to what's going on. Is the game perfect? No. It's got a lot of bugs in it towards the end. At least it did for me. And I was like, that's fine. They're going to patch it. They're going to fix it. Because they know these bugs exist. And I trust that they're going to fix it. But the story is so good and so fun. And I really appreciate who they got to voice some of the villains. J.K. Simmons. I'm sorry, <laughs> fucking what? Catherick. Yes. Catherick Thorm is J.K. Simmons. That's uh, uh, Jason Isaacs. Oh. You'll bump into him. So good. Uh, also, I just need to put it out there for any of you folks that yes you can finally uh romance matt mercer in a video game um that's it that's all i'm not telling you hey. that's it it's important that poor man. i like matt mercer <laughs> me too he's so wholesome oh my gosh okay hold on sorry i gotta move the cat what are you doing that's, that's she's just she, I know, but she's like trying to. I don't want my foot licked. That's weird. <laughs> Not my thing. All right. So Baldur's Gate, having a blast, doing all the things. I made eggs in there. It made me happy. Um. Okay. Uh, it was on Instagram today, but I would just like to talk to you about what the fuck I just read. Oh no. This is Hallie's book corner. <laughs> Now, I will ask all of you right now, and there's obviously no wrong answer because it's just where you're at right here in this moment. Are you okay with me being slightly detailed about these books? Because they're both horror books and they're both kind of terrible. Uh, yes. I, I don't care about spoilers in this case. As long as there's yeah. no clowns. Nope. 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 No tickling, no tickling, no clowns. Okay, because both books are are pretty pretty rough mentally. You you laugh, my dude. Like I can handle a lot. I cannot handle being tickled. I cannot handle clowns. Clowns are fucked up. Clowns are yeah, they're. Mm -mm. It's too much. It's team yeah. too much. I can't. So it's weird. Um, this book, uh, which has a gorgeous cover. Let me grab that real quick. First time I saw the cover, I was like, "Ooh, this looks like something." I will read because it's pretty and then you get to looking at it real closely and you go, oh, that's good. There's some shit in this cover. There's like little cupcake shit hidden away. Yeah. 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 So this book is called Bloom. It's uh, by Delilah S. Dawson. She's a well-known um, fantasy author. She's done... A lot of kids books a lot of adult books like uh she's she's been in the business for a while and i, I, I can't say that i have sought her books 
out before, but this one caught my attention. It is short. It is a novella, technically, or just over a novella length, um, which is around 40,000 words. So it's a quick read. I read it last night in one sitting. Uh, what the fuck did I just read? Here we go. Um, there's a young woman named Ro, Rosemary Ro, about 27, 28. Um, I, I, will not say for definitive that she is neurodivergent. I got signs of that. I maybe was not paying close enough attention if she did say it directly, but I do believe she is neurodivergent. Um, Newtown is assistant professor, moved in, meets this absolutely lovely woman at the farmer's market and kind of is like, oh, she's amazing and makes amazing cupcakes. And I was like, uh-oh, that's if red flag number one. Um, she, makes good, she makes good cupcakes, damn it. Yeah, yeah, kind of, a little bit. Because it's like this woman is like the the ethereal, um, what do they call it? Manic pixie dream girl a little bit. And I was like, okay, oh, she's, leaning into, no. she's leaning into something here. I'm curious where this is gonna go. Cause you can see it coming a mile away, or at least I thought I did. Uh, they flirt back and forth a little bit. Ash, this woman at the farmer's market, is very, very nymph-like. Um, yeah, you know, and they, they start to build a little bit of a relationship. And instantly, something was just tickling the back of my brain. And I feel like as much as we've talked about, like, abusive relationships, I feel like all of us would have seen the red flags because it was like... Suddenly, Ash is very unavailable, where she was open and sweet before. And now she's all closed off. And now all of these things are starting to happen. But it's like, every time Ro thinks that she's stepped in it verbally, you know, with, with Ash or anything, she's got a very uh, up-and-down personality, Ash does. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I know. I was like, okay, yeah. okay, here we go. Let's see where this is going. Suffice to say, it gets gnarly pretty quickly, and mm, it's somehow worse than a female Hannibal. It's actually worse. Oh. Oh, oh it's bad. Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, is it bad. Uh, they get into a relationship, physical, mental. Uh, there is a door in the house a row cannot, is not allowed to open. Oh, that's always a bad sign. <laughs> I was like, oh, you cannot. You cannot. You cannot. Now, I am not saying that Rose, an innocent waif in all of this, she snoops when she knows she shouldn't be. Uh, she parses it off as, I'm just so curious about you, but you won't tell me anything about yourself. And then Ash is like, I'm a very private person. I need you to respect that. There's a lot of talk about respecting boundaries where I was like, see, this is how I know this was written by a woman. Because... <laughs> Because there is actual talk about this, and there's talk about Rose past boyfriend who was a piece of shit, and all of this stuff. And yet, when you get to the end, and Rose is thinking, you know, I saw all the red flags, but I thought it was okay because it was a woman who was throwing them up. Oh, why would you think like, that? Holy fucking shit! <laughs> yeah, that hit me in the gut, and I was just like, oh fuck. So. Ash is a serial killer. Um, there's a, a moment in 
in the park that is really scary. They go on this like hiking, like short hike date. Uh, it's perfect, but they start making out in a in a park, you know, in front of you, but no. anyone could walk by. And this guy walks by and he's being a creeper and he's taking photographs of them and, oh, yeah. and recording them with his phone. And Ash loses her shit, chases him off, and Ro is sitting there thinking like, oh, my hero, you know, she just chased off the perfect guy. The perfect guy is locked in Ash's basement and she's been cutting his legs off bit by bit. Cool. And oh. feeding them. See the bad part. Oh, that's the bad part. Oh, yeah, there it is. Cannibalism. Yeah. Actually, yeah, okay. Cut out the pervert. I'm not too mad about that. Ugh. Nope. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's a whole basement of horrors underneath this pristine, beautiful farmhouse. Um, there is a really interesting bit at the end where Ash is telling Ro about how, you know, like, I told you my grandmother raised me and she didn't take any shit. Well, you know, this is what my grandmother taught me. And I was like, wow. Okay, you know, talk about intergenerational trauma. Damn. Uh, grandma yep. taught her to eat people. Yeah, yeah, to deal with anyone who was who was a problem by killing them and eating them. Eat yeah. Rude. <laughs> yep. Yep. <gasps> the end is brutal. Um, if that didn't all sound brutal enough, it is brutal because if y'all really don't care, I will tell you. I, I, I want to know. Oh, I don't want to read yes. it. I think I'll be sad and sick. That's fair. It, it's it is it is brutal. So at the end, Ro, um, in order to save herself, um, tries to tries to trick Ash into thinking like, oh no, it's I can I can learn to to love even this part of you that you think is unlovable. And Ro winds up staying with her, and uh, Ash does have to punish her for opening a door that she wasn't supposed to open originally. By saying, well, you won't ever have to go down there anymore because she takes both of Rose's legs. Oh. Good and healthy. Yep, good and healthy. And then we end it with Roe is in a, a wheelchair. That's how she gets around because no legs. And uh, she has decided after... It, see, I, I feel like it was months and months of dealing with all of this that she was going to finally like make a break for it. And then uh, Ash tells her, well, you know, you... Or, or uh, sorry, Rose says, but you love it when I read to you and, and read you things before bed. And she's like, well, you don't need either of your hands to make that happen. You'll still have your tongue. Oh, I was like, I have to. I she's have just going to kill you. I have to oh, my leave. God. Yeah. It's just showing that women can be predators, too, yeah. and destroy your life. It was Fuck. really good. It was really good, but it is brutal. Um, but it is, in a way, very in in many ways, it's it's quite straightforward. Um, you know, it's a horror it's a horror book. Like we totally get where all of this is happening. I understand the message being given to me. I will need to think about it for a little bit longer, but it is not going to sit in my psyche the way the book that I had read right before this did. Um, so there's Doesn't another one that I... Worse than that? I don't know if worse is the word I would use. I would say... Oh, no. Challenging? In a way that I don't still fully understand what I read. And I think I need to go back and read it again with a little bit of time and space. 
Um, uh, the cover is deeply misleading. I wish they would put a different cover on this. Already have so I was like, oh, okay. Hold on. Let me grab the cover. The cover is very uh, typical of what you might expect from a slightly spooky book. Hmm. It is yeah, a, like Victorian spooky book or Victorian like, spooky book. Yeah, this is a Victorian book, books spooky book. <laughs> gothic could be a gothic something. Yeah, to- absolutely. Yeah, it um, it's called the Redemption of Morgan Bright. It's uh, by Chris Panettiere. This is a 2024 book that I got a chance to read early, and I I was like, okay, so, you know, this it's about this um, this woman who's lost her sister. We come to find out. Uh, and the last place that her sister had been seen was walking on a frozen road, no shoes, in a hospital gown with like a gut wound, walking away from this place called the Hollyhock Asylum. Oh. And I was like, uh oh. Okay. Here we go. So the sister decide. Uh, so we have Hadley and I forget the sisters. Well, Morgan. So Morgan is the one who is looking into her sister's death. And they have a fraught relationship. We see it play out largely over um, phone call transcripts and text messages through the book. Uh, So it's not just all prose. We do get things like that are um, cased as like evidence or police interviews. uh, Because the police are talking to Morgan about what has happened at this hollyhock place that is all run by women um this is another another discussion on on women and women's stories which i think is really interesting coming from a a male perspective i wouldn't normally trust that i did enjoy this author's i what i thought was quite deft handling when it came to talking about um grief and loss and how differently women can feel it and how deeply it is felt on a different level in some regards so i never felt pandered to i never felt like oh he's making some like weird sexist bullshit and i'm out kind of a thing like i had to finish the book because i really didn't know where it was going um so morgan kind of she puts this plot together to get herself put in the asylum (laughs) i was like Okay. This plan cannot backfire. That cannot backfire at all. Morgan is a recovering drug addict. So oh dear. she may have like a case file, you know, that she can use uh, to, to help her, her story along. She decides to go in with a totally made up, totally made up persona. This woman named Charlotte. She goes, they, her and this guy who knew her sister, they were, her and her sister, her sister and this guy were really good friends. They were the last two people to see Hadley alive. So Morgan and this guy concoct this story. They lived together for a year as a faux married couple. Wow. So that they can get Morgan, AKA Charlotte, locked up in this place because she's having a, basically a bout of, hysteria right (laughs) yeah Uh uh-huh yep so there's that i was like okay okay they know what hand they're playing into i'll give them that like they know what buttons is this modern times it confused me a little bit there were parts of it that felt 60s 70s um and there were parts that felt very modern and i got to by the time i got to the end i suspected that had been done on purpose 
Mm. um, to show that there hasn't been much progress, if any, made since then. That's that's a wow. Yeah, that was pretty the pretty much the obvious takeaway for me is that these issues are unfortunately quite timeless in a way. Um, mm. That we will always cause women who cause trouble call women who cause trouble as insane or deficient in some way. So yeah, it was a, it was an interesting perspective where I was like, "Poo, I'm gonna need a minute. Hold on." <laughs> I was I was a little. Oh, it took me. I'm a quick reader. It took me a few days on and off to get through this one, only because I was trying to really understand what I was reading. Um, so they get Charlotte put in there, Morgan, I'll call her Charlotte from now on. Um, instantly things are not good. It's weird in there. The meals are very luxurious, which is not what you would expect. The food is very rich. Um, Uh they, they, uh, I, yeah, Courtney's got it. I think already. (laughs) Um, <laughs> so comfy. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. I'll spare all of the details, but essentially, what we see over the pages are flashbacks and forwards to when the when Charlotte is in the asylum, to when Morgan is found and talked to by the police. We see case files. We see different bits of media that come through to kind of help you put the story together. Um, we very quickly realize the story is a lot bigger than Hadley, obviously, the sister who was dead. Um, it started, for me, it was like, why was she walking down the road with no shoes on with a gut wound? What's this gut wound? Oh, it's the size of a fist? That's fucked up. What is this happening? Like, ooh. Mm. Morgan oh, no. and Charlotte kind of wind up blending. The more Morgan loses hold of her reality while locked up in this place, the more Charlotte comes through. Um, oh, there's a lot. Uh, yeah, the the timeline and the reality in this book are very slippery. It was hard to keep a hold of them. And by the end, I was like, I don't know what I believe happened. I don't know if Morgan understood what was happening. I don't think she did. I It's wild this place is so messed up they are feeding these women uh fertility diets not for anything that i i was not ready for the why because as soon as i got to that point usually when it gets to things like that i will admit to having a a pretty large ick around anything i'm 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 fairly tocophobic like it's just not something that i deal with very well uh and i got to that point and i was like okay this is the tipping point whether i put this book down or not when we get there the whole place is run by this lady who had lost her son had discovered that hollyhock was sitting on a bunch of ley lines and the only way that she could get her son's spirit to come back was to see if he would go to one of these women while they were pregnant. No. Yeah. Uh. yeah. And it's worse than that, but I'll spare you those details. Um, so that that's kind of how these women wind up being treated, are like vessels. But not for any man's purpose but for one woman's like 
really, really, really deep-seated grief that has probably, not probably, has actually made her lose her mind. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm sorry, what's, to- what's tocophobic, by the way? Uh, pregnant people, fear of being around... Just, okay. Pregnancy in general? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Got you. I'm okay if people are near me. I don't, I don't, I don't. You don't, I don't want anything to do with the pregnancy. Part. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't. You don't yeah, want to touch the belly. Absolutely. One, don't touch people. Two, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. It makes me I very uncomfortable. I need to touch belly. No, no, it's and don't do it uninvited. Oh my god. Oh fuck that no! Is, I don't care. No, no. People lose their minds when it comes to pregnant people. It just absolutely makes them. It makes people think that these folks who are carrying a life inside of them that they're somehow like lesser and also equal, like equitable and like society's property. property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really weird. anyways anyways so yeah the this and i'm having trouble describing this this book because i feel like it's something that you have to experience in a way like anyone who is who is listening to this and is up for something like this it is rough i mean already you've got you've got addiction you've got mental illness you've got the slipping of reality and time you have identities moving in and out of this poor woman she can't keep track of who she is or who she's pretending to be you uh, there is hardly a man on the page other than the one police officer and that poor guy i felt for him because he's trying to talk to morgan and he's like what is happening i am so confused right now I'm with you, buddy. I don't know either. Let's find out. It is wild, and it was so good, and now I want to go back and read his other stuff, because it fucked me up in a good kind of way. (laughs) And I haven't had to think about a book in a long time. And that's partially an egotism thing on my end, because... I am very picky about what I what I consume in general as far as media goes. And everyone wants things that shuts off their brain. I read a lot of things that just shut off my brain, and that's great. Mm-hmm. So to find something that doesn't piss me off with, like, weird sexism or racism or any of that and also makes me go, huh, okay, that's been a minute since I've had that experience. So props yeah. to this guy, because he's got one called The Phlebotomist that I really want to read now. Ooh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, because it's kind of like dystopian, like you have to give your blood to feed the rich kind of a thing. And I was like, all right, oh, all right, okay. here we go. Yeah, I'm in. That's, that's kind of messed neat. up. Yeah, and I'm into it. There have been some really... I will say, like, the gothic feminist horror, which was kind of my, like, big point in all of this, was has really been on the rise. Have any of you seen The Love Witch? No. no. Oh, my God, watch it. Um, it's such a good movie. It's It looks like it's retro. It was filmed that way. It's very sapphic and witchy and kind of gnarly and... <laughs> And it's really cool, but it's um, was directed by a woman named Anna Biller, and she wrote a modern take on the Bluebeard's Castle 
story Ooh. called Bluebeard's Castle. And I love shit like that. And so I recommend that one too. It has like a really vintage cover. You can totally tell this is her vibe. Um, let me find that. It's really good. It's really good, y'all. Oh my gosh. Yeah, here we go. This cover is like everything I ever needed to. But The Love Witch, like I really recommend that. It's really good. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. We'll see um, you find that. Here's Bluebeard's castle cover. Yeah. Yeah, it's very vintage. I like it. Yeah. 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 It's 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 that you get exactly what is on the tin and then you get a lot more. And I was like, okay. Yeah, this is this is really cool. Um Yeah, Anna, Anna Biller does some cool shit. And then there are authors like um oh, Isabella can uh Kanyas. Sorry, I was trying to figure out how to pronounce her name. My uh command over language goes downhill as the night wears on. <laughs> <laughs> but she has some really cool um books uh the new one is the the vampires of el norte they're all based out of um mexico based on like her family heritage uh it is actually about vampires the previous one is very uh creepy kind of latin culture mixed with the haunting of hill house called the hacienda is really good uh uh, there's some there's some really really good ones in there so yeah just books and shit that makes me go well that was a thing that happened <laughs> it makes me kind of like my brain hurt a little bit but i want the i want those books sometimes i i need the challenge every now and then that kind of forces me to use like shake the rust off of old skills <laughs> that are buried mm -hmm. down in there somewhere um totally. and then my last one was just good omens you, season two. the recent season or season two uh, yeah i haven't seen it yet it's really good <laughs> i keep seeing it's, everyone talking about it it's really good it absolute just shame on them for being so good at what they do god damn it <laughs> all the cute feelings that i needed and then the end where i was like fucking hell <laughs> can't do that to me and like the end of the Shit. first season was brilliant it, the whole <laughs> thing is it. it's so, so good. good it's so good and I like the way they framed it because they're off book I mean they only had enough stuff for one season like that's all you're getting out of that book but Neil Gaiman's been talking about what he and Terry Pratchett had planned years and years and decades ago when they'd originally written Good Omens which was to potentially do a second book, and that's, uh, and the second season is off of he and Pratchett's notes. That's cool. That's really and neat. then what they'd originally, you know, also planned to to maybe do like a longer longer bits of story, like a book two or a book three, and and how they're his plan, how he's got a plan to do a season three once he can start writing it after the the strike is hopefully mm -hmm. worked out in a way that works out for the everyone but the fucking multi-millionaires and billionaires um so, so yeah my, it's, yes sorry Hi. my best friend she works in film and uh so we've been talking about this a lot she's one of the few she's on one of the few shows that are filming that is filming right now they oh, got wow. like sag approval or something okay um and she was talking about though like 
they there there is a time limit for how long they can strike for. Yeah. No. What? So like, that's what the executives are just waiting out for. I think she, I think she's no. like two months is the most or something like that. That's garbage. Yeah. yeah. yeah so it's like the executives got the money to just bleed and wait. That should be illegal. Yeah. I agree. Because basically, well, like basically, after like two months or something, they can start handing out, um, like layoff slips, essentially. Mm. Yeah. The. And and who knows? Like I, I I'm, I could say, well, I saw this, but it, it, that doesn't really mean anything. My understanding was that unless some really big name actors got actively involved, this was unfortunately going to um, cause some real issues, mostly with layoffs uh, because of that that timer, um, because the studios don't figure most people are replaceable unless you're making like a big giant name. wads of money yeah well exactly like you know 98 percent of actors like take home twenty thousand dollars a year exactly and it's not their gig, right so yeah it's only that top like the big back guys that really can yep. make a change yep. and sway things yeah it's uh yeah it's not good no it's not but it is very much a very much i think an open door for people who who forget that most industries are powered by the the hourly workers the wage workers mm -hmm. yeah um yeah so it's a it it i have seen a lot of a lot of commentary floating around by people who are just like oh i just thought they were bitching and moaning because they weren't making so much money and blah 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 and i'm like well one yeah because they don't get paid mm -hmm. yeah people yes. said the same shit when my work striked mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it's bad but it's those very wage workers that can make everything grind to a halt if they suddenly decide like hey this is unfair treatment yeah, absolutely. And you're fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like many baseline actors have like three jobs. Right. Yeah. Just to survive. It's right. wild. Yeah, it is not the glamour and the I say the same thing about authors. Like the average author take home a year is about twenty thousand dollars. That sounds about Traditionally right. published, agented, all that jazz, sold to a large publishing house. Um, after the advance has been paid out, if you sell moderately well, it's 20-ish thousand dollars. It is not something that you can, you cannot quit. If you have a day job, you cannot quit it. Yeah. Yeah. And do that at the same time. So yeah, a lot, most authors write while working a day job or, you know, a, a shift job of some kind. Absolutely. Yeah, the creative the creative pay thing really is, uh, I think, coming into stark relief. For sure. You can't. Yeah, it's like across all creative industries right now. It's yep. Like huge yeah. Issue. You yeah. cannot. You cannot. You cannot expect societies to thrive if you do not have make room and time and a source of income and a way to live for your artists. You will kill your society. Mm -hmm. yes. 
But yeah, Good Omens, though, is real good. <laughs> like how I brought that back around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With no tact <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> good Omens is wonderful. It's it, it was the watching that second season, especially for me, was like a bomb. It was just a soothing, comfortable place to sit in for a little while and forget that shit is on fire. And it was very well done, and I just massive props to 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 everyone who was in that show. And apparently, you can that set of Aziraphale's bookshop is real, and you can go up in it. What? It has a second story to it, and I was like, oh my god! I like it. They built the whole thing. <laughs> I want to live there. Well, sets aren't generally very functional in reality, but I'm sure they're pretty. <laughs> but they had a second story. I was impressed with that. I was like, "That's actually pretty cool that they were able to do that." And you don't have a scene where they're built out that much anymore. Yeah. No. Yeah, you really don't get that kind of like depth and height to sets. And I was just like, "Oh, that's really cool that you can do that." There's a scene later on in the in the season where Zerafel and two other characters are standing up at the top of the stairs and. Uh, Neil Gaiman was saying something along the line. Yeah, you can actually like when they were filming it, he's standing up there, you know, tossing books down. Like that's what they're doing. It's, it's like, oh, I don't know why that tickles me, but it just does. <laughs> that's cool. All right. Well, I think we can probably yeah call that shit we like. Yeah, I can't believe we re- we recorded that long. <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that's fair. <laughs> we'll just start talking. <laughs> This is how the whole show came to be to begin with. That's it for this week. Next week, I'm not sure yet what we're doing, so it'll be a surprise for both of us. As always, links, pictures, and additional information can be found on our website at thehumanexception.com. To keep up with all things exceptional, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Human Exception. Have a story you want us to cover, want to tell us that we're wrong, or you just want to say hi, you can email us at thehumanexception at gmail.com. And to get on the fun, you can come join us on our Discord server. Link can be found on our contact page. Keep on being exceptional, my humans, and have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>